welcome, welcome back to episode eight of the Quackcast. I'm here with my same co-host from last episode. I got Jack and Alec with me. Yo, what's up, guys? What's up? Oh. And um, yeah, back on episode eight. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, first up, we got the women's basketball upsetting UConn, seventy-two to fifty-nine. Very yes, big game sir. for us. Um, I didn't get a chance to uh, catch much of the game because we had our last episode going during that, so or like right before it, I believe. So yeah, that's true. I yeah, it was have a, a chance. I didn't have a chance to check in on it. I just knew we played very solid game. Yeah, it was. I mean, after the first quarter, we're up by one. We really kind of controlled the rest of the game. We win the second quarter, twenty-four to ten, and then from there on out, we were really controlling the game. And it was a good win, great win for Oregon, honestly. Even though no Beckers and no Aubrey Griffin for UConn, they're still a loaded basketball team every year, and we came out with the dub. Yeah, that's true. I mean, UConn was injured, no, no page, obviously. And I think they're missing someone else, right? Aubrey Griffin, their five-star recruit. Yeah, they were, they're missing a good amount of people. So, um, I mean, we were leading by, like, I felt like we were leading by, like, 10 almost the whole game. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we were controlling the game. Yeah, we were definitely controlling that game. But at the same time, it's a, it's not a healthy UConn. So, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I you can look at it as a win's a win. You know, they might not have been a healthy UConn team, but we came out there, we won. Especially a mid-season game against the, the UConn Huskies. Gino Ariema led women's basketball team. Naira Sabley went down mid-game, and we still yeah, come out on true. top. That that injury was kind of scary. Pow Pow went for 22 points. She's been playing great this season. Sedona Prince going for 14 our big players stepped up. Yeah, Pow yeah, Pow's a beast. I think it was either that game or the Arizona game. Where she was uh, puking like before, during, and after the game. That was insane. Yeah, basically had a flu game Arizona like Michael Jordan. Yeah, the basically. MJ flu game. The MJ food poisoning game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, we got Pow the Pow men's 22. team as well. Yeah, go ahead, Alan. Uh, hang on. I got to pull something up real quick. Give me a second. But, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the women's game while you do that. Yeah, keep um, going with Pow Pow dropped 22. Uh, Sedona, 14. Sedona's mid-range is beautiful, bro. Yeah, it, it is. She's solid from the mid-range. I want to shoot in every time, honestly. Yeah. Um, I really like the way Sabali controls the ball at the top of the key. She makes exactly. passes from the post. She makes moves. She gets everyone moving. When the ball's in her hands, whether it's on the block or at the choke post, good things happen for this team right now. Exactly. Obviously, Pow Pow probably averages more points, but I think Sabali is is really that like make or break to that team. Yeah. I think she's, she's the one who I want the ball in her hands. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Oregon women's have two more games. We beat Washington by seven yeah, Friday night. That was a night. close game. That was Too a close, close game. Rogers goes for 23. Sabley comes back, goes for 20 points, seven rebounds. Those were the only girls in double digits. But Pow Pow had a good game. 
Sedona Prince played decent, and also Cindy Parrish had a good game too. Yeah, I mean it was definitely uh, way too close, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Then then we had the the Utah game that just happened today. It was in the eleven in the in the morning. They had I a good amount of fans get to too. See anything about it? That's why it was it that early in the morning. Yeah, it was yeah. a very early game. I was surprised. Um, Parrish, Rogers, Pow Pow, and Sabley all go for double digit points, all playing over 25 minutes. Looking at our minutes, Pow Pow and Rogers are basically on the court the whole game as guards, which we want. They're really good at controlling the ball. Sabley, Parrish, and Shear get the rest of the big minutes, 25 plus. And then after that, Hurst and Pinto are the only two people who got double digit minutes that game. Sedona Prince only had eight minutes today. Yeah, I don't know if she's still injured or what. I don't know. Yeah, I think she's like playing through an injury right now, so they're they're being cautioned with her cautionous. But this Utah team was underrated, in my opinion. Um, it was it was definitely way too close, but Utah is actually they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. And um, okay, then we got the men's team, which I think. They only played one game since uh, since our last episode. Uh, two. no, they've they've played two. We had the UW game where we, oh, yeah, we yeah, beat yeah, them yeah. by yeah. That was the UW game when Washington came almost, out doing almost the... thirty po- almost a thirty point win. Yeah, we beat them by tw- twenty eight. Uh, you know, Richardson yeah. had twenty one that game. Richardson's shot, his shot's been amazing lately. No, I mean he went three from three for five from the three and eight of eleven, and then eight for eleven, two for two on three, free throws. Free throws. I can't speak. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was but, the game. Where, uh, actually, you go, Jack. Yeah, we beat. We went by twenty-eight points. We won the first half of that game, forty-eight to thirteen. That's great defense. You all, you always know the Ducks. Dana Almond's press is there. Yeah. Will Richardson was very in control all night. 31 minutes, 21 points. He's finally finding his shot again. When his shot is on, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the country at this point. Pulling the ball from deep, pulling it off the step back, pulling it off the pullback. I really like the way he's been playing recently, Will. Exactly. Um, I remember uh, Washington posted on the Twitter. They were, like, doing that We Ready chant in um, in in the huddle. That was pretty funny. And they got blown out. Yeah, they, they got blown out from the get-go that game. Jacob Young had 12 points. Quinty Garrier added 12 points. Um, And Fale Dante and Frank Kepnong, our two seven-footers, were a problem. I would like to see more rebounds from them. Frank only had three and Dante only had one rebound that game. But, hey, we got the job done. We were in control all yeah. night. Yeah. Um, do you guys think – I kind of, I guess, a little off topic, but do you guys think Nate, uh, Nathan Biddle should be getting more minutes? Yeah, I mean, he was he wasn't he a five star coming out? If I'm yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. Uh, I I think his time is coming because he he's what a size he he's a sophomore. He's a, yeah, he's a sophomore. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I thought so. he's a freshman. No, Nate Biddle's no. a freshman. Isaac Johnson is a freshman too. They're think- both. They're oh, both like seven foot guards. They're both seven foot big men. They're kind. They kind of have similar play styles. Isaac Johnson committed here back in 2019, and then had to go on the mission 
and now he's finally coming in. Him and Biddle, like, they were getting in the rotation earlier in the season, but now once late January came around and it's time for Oregon to make the tournament push, Dane Altman kind of tightened up his rotation, really yeah. only running – Which I like. I do like Yeah, that. which I like. Really only running seven men, um, eight if you count Rivaldo Sores, who's been getting good minutes, who's a very energetic add into the game. But, yeah, Nate Biddle's a freshman freshman five-star. He's probably our, the best recruit we've landed since Bo Bowl. I mean, I guess he's not going to be in the swing of things this year, but next year we're going to want to see him being in the swing of things. He's a five-star prospect. There's five-star prospects right now, freshmen, who are being who are the best players in the nation. Exactly. Yeah. And also, uh, that being said, I think I think Dante's actually been getting a lot better too. Yeah, I think. You know, I think he's he's very much improved since that early season. Yeah. Yeah. He went down with injuries. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's much more coordinated, better footwork in the post. Everything about his game's coming together, which he should have been coming out of college. He was a five star too. Coming out of high school. Yeah. Um. Then we had the Colorado game, which was yesterday. It was it was a mess. Yeah. Lost, lost to Colorado, uh, eighty-two to seventy-eight at home. Um, I didn't actually get to watch the full game, but I know we got off to a great start, right? Yeah, we got off. We were at forty-two thirty-seven at half, and then we let and then we let him score forty-five in the second. Yeah, Yeah. we got off to a great start in that game. Will Richardson was hitting threes early. Started off two for two from three. It looked like we were gonna blow. Richardson like ended we... the no. Richardson ended one for three on three from the three oh. today. because so, he hit a three our, uh, the against Colorado the and then uh, six seven from the f- free throw, which isn't very solid. Yeah, I agree. It just uh, Richardson didn't shoot as well as he normally does, as he yeah. has lately. You know, I feel like he yeah. should have shot more threes from how good he's been shooting, but. In the first half, I thought, yeah, like, Oregon's hot right now. We're going to blow this game out. But then the one thing that got back to us was our perimeter defending. They were letting Jabari Walker, who is a very good player, a very good forward, had 24 points and 11 rebounds. We're letting him just drive to the paint. Same thing happened in the UCLA game with Juzang. We can't let him get down low. Once you get into the block, it's really hard to stop guys like this. Their best player, Evan Batty, we held to eight points. Dante and Frank were playing hard, energetic, defense on Evan Batty and I feel like guys like Harmon and Soares on the wings we're just letting Walker get right into the paint which is no good which is what we were stopping during our win streak and now we're relapsing yeah no but I, also... I think I think uh, I think Daniel's gonna tighten up on this team and we'll come back on Friday I believe Saturday sorry for a game against Oregon State at home and then February 3rd, we go on the road to Colorado. A revenge game. We need that game. Yeah. We can't lose to Colorado twice. Yeah, we have, we have some like big right game. right on the edge of making much madness right now, right? Yes. We're, well, yeah, I we, saw something in it, somebody's projections. We're like the very last team in the tourney. Yeah. Joe Lunardi's the most recent bracketology that he posted, I think, was Monday morning. He, we were last four in. But after that loss, we're definitely out. But it's fine. We don't have to panic yet. We just have to keep on winning as many games as we can, take as many wins as we can for the rest of the season. We yeah, have a hard we sh- have uh, we have a tough stretch here yeah. coming up uh, in February. We go on the road against number three Arizona. Then we get 
UCLA and USC at home. And then we finish out with Washington and Washington State, as far as I can see. But Arizona just played UCLA and showed that. I mean, that was the first time playing someone that was actually good. Yeah, and um, UCLA won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they beat him by like 15, I think. Yeah, they controlled the game, too, once it got to the second half. Yeah. But um, also in this – Yeah, they beat him 75-59. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, a team like Arizona, I mean, number three in the nation right now, I don't I don't really see a big win on their schedule. Like, you look back into the beginning of the season, they beat fourth-ranked Michigan, who's really not what they were supposed to be with Juwan Howard and Hunter Dickinson. I don't really see any big wins for Zona. Their biggest win of the season was probably that Michigan game. They, lo- they, they lost, lost to, Tennessee, yeah. to Tennessee. Tennessee's okay. They beat everyone they should have beat. And then they finally play a great team in UCLA, and UCLA beats them. Yeah, I think them and also USC, they both had that. They kind of just they had, got off to a lot of wins, but they didn't really beat anyone, and they didn't really play any competition. And when yeah. they did, they, they lost. But I will say, I think USC is be- is much better than Arizona. Like, Boogie Ellis, I didn't think he was that good, but he was going off from three against us. You know what Isaiah Mobley brings. and guys Boogie like- Ellis. Yeah, <laughs> but guys like Drew Peterson, they're going to go to the NBA. USC has some players. They're not – they're a good team. Yeah, no, for real. But um, also in this Colorado game, uh, Quincy Goulier had 22 points. I think that was season high. Yeah, it was he, easily the best game of his career. Yeah, it really showed um, his potential on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shooting 8 for 15 with six rebounds. Really liked what I saw from Quincy. How many threes did he have? Um, that's a good question. Can you get a confirmation on that, um, Alex? Yeah, I'm pulling that game up for the Colorado, Colorado game. game. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gary, men's uh, basketball. Can I ESPN? But, um, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also with that, with that being said, while you find that, Alec, we have the um Niners versus Packers game, and that pretty big upset. I didn't really. I kind of saw it happening, but um. Eric Armstead has two sacks on um, Aaron Rodgers. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the uh, Packers were slightly banged up that game, but, uh, you know, they had, they had most of their key players back. That's what you're going to get when you have Nick Bosa on your team. Everyone's yeah. focusing on Nick Bosa. Leaves um, room for guys like Armstead who, to get who sacks. Who are we looking at again? Oh, exactly. Gary, Quincy. 22 points yeah. against Colorado. Yeah. Dante had four. Harmon, 14. Richardson, 17. Young had 11. How many threes did Gary have? Yeah, how many, th- oh, how many threes? threes? Three. He went three for eight. Uh, that's so good, but I'll, I'll take it the three It wasn't a horrible threes. game. Yeah. But also, was I don't, who would ideal. you guys compare Quincy to? In the NBA? Uh, just like No, just like out of the like former Ducks we've had so far. Like Duarte, Eugene. I don't know. I would. Uh, I mean, it's the same build I, as them, but I don't think he plays like them. I would more compare him to Eugene because Eugene's kind of like a stretch big who also is like a slasher. That's who yeah. I would compare him to. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I can see that. And, uh, okay. We got, um, not going to get into football Jesse yet. Actually, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Um, track and field team. 
they just had the opening meet in um Spokane actually and um finished that off with eleven wins, twelve PLS and four Oregon top ten marks. Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um one thing I definitely want to talk about is Micah Williams breaking where can I find that? Where did I put that video? He broke the um can you guys find that video? Uh the video where he where he breaks his own record. Yeah, he broke his own school record out of the mm-hmm. uh, 60 meter. Mm-hmm. That video is ridiculous watching that video. He burns by every single person yeah. that he's running with. Exactly. He's insanely fast. And like I've always said, he's well, now he's a sophomore. But, I mean, making the Olympics On the 2021 freshman, to 2022 track and field roster, it has him still listed as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, well, because COVID, I think. Oh yeah, COVID year, yeah. yeah. But um, so he's technically a sophomore, but yeah. But Off I, eligibility, I really like he's still a freshman. Yeah, making the making the Olympics as a freshman in any any sport is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had a really good um outcome in the in the Spokane. What I think it's called the Cougar Classic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, okay. I think we can get into football right now. First off, I want to – let's talk about this Travis Dye. Travis Dye to USC. You know, okay. So, uh, as far as Dye to USC, you know, oh, a lot of fans are going to hate on him for going to USC. But it, it makes sense for him, you know. Recently engaged, you know. They want to go start a life down in Southern Cali, you know. I'm not hating on him for it, but it's a big loss. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Jack? It's a big loss. I mean, the fact that he goes to a rival USC, it stings a little, but it's not. But you you got to think, I think it's less about playing football for for that one, right? And more of doing what's best for him. Yeah, that's a lot of people He wants to start up his family. Yeah, exactly. I, I respect it. We're, yeah. we're not we're not the fans at Oregon who are gonna hate on people for transferring. Travis Dye gave us the best he could, and his brother, the Dyes are legends at Oregon, no matter what happens. Honestly, yeah. I I mean exactly. I I I went on Twitter the day he transferred or like transferred to USC, and it was just it was a bunch of people bashing him, and I just I didn't see very many good comments. You know, I'm happy for the guy. He's doing what's best for him. Yeah, all you got to do is look at his post, look at the comments, all the Oregon players supporting him, wishing him the best of luck. That's all I care about. You know, as long as he's as long as he's good with the team. It, if it if it makes him happy, let, let him do him. He's a grown man. You, you, what is it going to affect you? But that being exactly. said, um, what do you guys think about USC next year? You think they're going to be the real deal? I know. USC is going to make the playoffs. It, I know you. Playoff. You did say that last podcast, Belen. I remember. I, I. It's a Lincoln. It it's a Lincoln Riley team. I feel like at some point they might have a meltdown. You know. Yeah, that is true. You guys think Caleb's I mean, going? You guys think it's a lock? Caleb's going there? Uh, it's been too long. It's been way too long. Man, I just I heard mean, Wisconsin's a player for him now. No, I, I, I'm not believing anything one sport says there. Their player rankings are definitely interesting, and. <laughs> Same with their predictions for school, what school players are going to go to. They're very interesting. That's fair. I mean, Mario Williams 
the, his wide receiver, I think his number one wide receiver at Oklahoma, right? Um, yeah. Committed to USC. And I remember before he committed, he said that him and he Caleb were going to team Caleb up. Williams. Yeah. But at the same time, it's been so long. Could LSU, Wisconsin yeah, it's been be players? Like multiple weeks. Could, could a school like Mario's Georgia potentially come in? I mean, even if Stetson is returning, I, I think that kind of pulls him out of the race because I think Caleb wants to go somewhere where he starts day one. Yeah, well, he wouldn't I mean, go to Georgia, wouldn't go to Bama. Yeah. I heard something about Michigan. Michigan. So not, not, no, like Eastern Michigan. No, the amount he would make if he went to like USC or Wisconsin or LSU. I th- Honestly, I think mm, LSU and USC, if I were him, would be my top two options, and I'd probably end up going to USC. Have my old coach there. Yeah, That's but why wouldn't why the NIL opportunities? It's been way there. too long. It is weird how he's milking this out right now. Yeah, it's honestly I don't odd. Get he, it. There was a report a couple of days ago that did his final two schools. It was LSU or USC. Yeah, and now it's coming out that some other schools might be in play. It's definitely not a foregone conclusion that he's going to be a Trojan next fall. Yeah. It's not guaranteed, but I, I think uh, the general public has an idea that USC's the leader currently. Yeah, but yeah. another school I'd could come in on. and sweep them up. True, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so stuck on USC now because it's been way too long. Yeah, I think if you if he was going to USC, he would have said it by now. Yeah, but but at the same time, he could be a smart guy and be weighing every possible option currently you know but then again it's like Jaden Hasselwood the five-star receiver who was at Oklahoma right went when Lincoln to... leaves he's at USC right away I feel like Caleb would have done the no, same no Hazelwood went to uh I think it was either Arkansas or Kentucky really yeah five star yeah oh, and also just to uh, confirm Michael Williams 60 meter was 6.48 seconds that when he um the one that he just ran to take to break his own school record. 6.48 seconds. Yeah, Jaden Hazelwood went to Arkansas. I was thinking about, oh, yeah, that is him. Hazelwood. Wow, that's a big pickup for them. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Arkansas is a very underrated team. They, they, they did a very solid season this season, this year. They did. But yeah, I think I like um, quarterback play. Kind of going with that USC thing, I'm, I'm really excited for Pac-12 football next year. You know, as a conference – We've been pretty shitty the last the last couple of years. For you know, while. we've we've had teams like Oregon. You know, the last couple of years, like we've had our shot to go to the playoff twice. Oregon's been it's basically just been us. Way. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. been us, and then it's been us, and then like Utah this year. I feel like Utah's good because they've had the same coach for so long. At this point, he's been there for a while. Yeah. At this point, he's probably the number one coach coming into. Pac-12 next year. I mean, yeah. Kyle Whittingham has been there. They've they've been top five in the nation twice in the last four years. They're, they're going to be pretty good next year, even though they're losing guys like Sewell and Lloyd. Their defense still had freshmen who were making plays against us. Yeah. They'll be good. It's I feel like it's going to be USC, Oregon, and um, Utah at the top Utah, of the Pac-12 the next year. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, think, I think they're only – Bad part about I don't like about our schedule this year is we don't get a head on head on with USC this year. Yeah, that's yeah. That's two two straight seasons without playing them. Right? I don't get that. Yeah, but Why? we we play him we play him uh next not 
next year, but the season after the 2023 season we plan. Oh, my. But um, I think one sleepy team I have for Pac-12 football next year is Arizona. I mean, they, they've landed got, a very um... solid recruiting class. I, I think they need a year to kind of get all these guys developed. Like, they have a lot of good freshmen coming in, but – yeah, Team but they just got Jaden Delora, the quarterback from Washington State. Yeah, I, mean, I really he like Jaden. He plays good, but at times he, he's eh. I feel like after Mike Leach left Washington State, their quarterback reign kind of fell off. Like, Lador is yeah. not on the level of um your Gardner Minshews and the other Washington State quarterbacks. Anthony Gordon, who played mm-hmm. phenomenal, and then I don't even know what he did against Oregon. He played horrible that game. <laughs> Threw, threw the pick six straight to Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. That, was, uh, that was a great game. That was a great oh, game. Oh, Javon Holland in the NFL. I think he's probably the best rookie safety. So yeah, far, he, uh, yeah, him it's and either Morig. Yeah. Javon Holland I think was great he, I think year. it blows out Morig, honestly. Honestly, yeah. I think, too. I mean, I went to the I went to the Jets-Dolphins um, game. I'm, I saw Javon. He saw me rocking my Javon Holland jersey. He showed me love. He played great. He doesn't come off the field. He played the most snaps for the Dolphins' defense this year. He rushes the passer off the edge. He had picks. He was defending the pass well. He was rated the 10th best rookie in the NFL this year, and there were some great rookies. And he's got some hit power, man. I didn't see that in college, but... That that Thursday night Ravens game where they had him blitzing off the edge was the best game I've ever seen him play. He was, yeah. he got to the, he was getting to Lamar at ease. I... Uh... We got we got um, some recruiting stuff as well. well actually, wait, wait. Before we go into okay. that, we got CJ Vladell into the draft. Wow, big loss. You know, I I just <sighs> it's tough. I mean, it, it's I feel tough. Like... It, it'd be a lot less if uh, if Dai um, didn't go to USC. If Dai didn't go to USC and he he didn't enter right, I think Vladell going to the NFL was. Fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough loss. I mean, I feel like Oregon fans had to have seen it coming for some time now. CJ was, was I guess, muling his decision for a little. This had to go to the league. He's been a great Oregon running back. It's time for guys like Dollars, Cardwell, and McGee to step up. They got what they wanted. McGee exactly. and Dollars are about to leave, and they're happy they're staying now. Yeah, There's going to be some chance for some of these Oregon backs to show their name. I think it goes like just with um this year with Johnny Johnson and um we had Jalen Led and someone I think someone else got injured too. You know, all the wide receivers got out and like, oh no, what's gonna happen? And then, you know, all the freshmen, uh Troy Franklin, Dante Thornton, all of them step up and they played great games in the um in the bowl game and you know, I think it's just really next man up it's it's um, I think it's really true for a program. I think it really applies for us. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely one of those reload programs. We're not on the level of Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, but we're usually top ten recruiting every year. I know after I, Crystal Ball leaving, it got messy. I think but... I think this year, right? Well, Landon will put together an okay class, but I think I think twenty twenty three classes where. We explode in recruiting again. Mm-hmm. That's what Lanning should be gunning for, the 2023 class. 
you know, he, he's trying to put some solid players to scrap together this class. You know, we have some very solid commits. Sir Mills, Ben Roberts, Taggart, Jaleel Tucker, Devin Jackson. All signed. Yeah, and, and also with CJ leaving, it's not it's not like it's all being passed on to Sean Dollars and Seven McGee and uh, Brian Caldwell. Obviously, we, we might get the Jordan James. I think we've like I said before, I think we'll lock the Jordan James. Yeah, I, I'm looking through Twitter right uh, now, and uh, Carlos Lachlan was just at uh, Jordan James. Yeah, house. for in home today. So yeah, you know we we're really hammering and trying to go after him, and he's very good running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we I got said him last week. And... Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, like I said last week, he's the Oregon running back, runs low to the ground. He was very happy on his on the tweet today that yeah. the coach came to see him. All, yeah. all signs are pointing towards Oregon right now, and hopefully uh, we can keep our know, fingers crossed. Uh, this past weekend, we just hosted uh, Colin Redder running back transfer, uh, Jerry Broussard. Very solid, very good running back. 2020 Pac-12 yeah, player of the year. I was year. just going to say that, too. Ho- uh, I think, you know, think we're we looking like a lock for him, too, honestly. You know, I, I think uh, a guy that, uh, in the transfer portal, we could be a, have a good play at. I know Kenny Dillingham and them have reached out to him as Chase Coda. Transfer yeah, wide receiver true. from UCLA. Mm. I think it makes sense. You know, he's from Medford. You know, people were surprised that he went to US. Yeah. I think his dad played in Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. And I want to say so too. I, I think his dad but, played Oregon. He grew up in Oregon. He's a great tight end. He killed us for a couple of years. They haven't That's- listed his receiver on 247, but yeah. Oh, wow, but you know, I think yeah. he's one of those guys that can play both. Yeah, uh, very versatile. We have a couple play. of new commits as well to Justice Low, athlete, very good oh, yeah, receiver. Yeah, uh, yeah he's t- actually oh, he's an in-state t- commit too. Yeah, um, yeah. Chose yeah. us over offers from Utah, Notre Dame. Um, and etc. You know, sure six foot one, one eighty two. I feel like gotta, the in-state commits have to be prioritized. Got, yeah, I we mean, we, letting... we still have one guy that exactly. I, I'm pretty sure he's playing. I'm pretty sure Trajan Williams is supposed to sign in next month on signing day. I think yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about Trajan. I think he's I think. he's locked in. You know, he's from Portland. I'm a little upset about the Darius Clemens to Michigan. Yeah. I really wish we had him, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think he's a, I'm going to say something. And, uh, a couple of people have said the same thing. Yeah, he's a he's very solid player, right? I think he, he's kind of raw, you know. Needs a lot of work, but he's still a very good player. Yeah, oh, and actually it looks like Lowe was actually a Utah decommit. Was he? And then we have uh Kweeki Rogers, tackle, oh, tackle from Hawaii. Big guy, two, six, six, three twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Very talented guy. Yeah, later the number three player in his state. Number um, three, number four on two four seven composite. One oh seven at his position. Nationally not ranked, but Oregon um, offensive line. We a lot of the guys who are on the offensive line this year and are going to be on the line next year weren't ranked in high school either. 
We well, I mean, we're returning all of our starters. Uh, mm-hmm. Powers Johnson, Ryan Wall, Force. And these guys were some of these guys were walk-ons. They weren't even ranked. Oregon, Oregon has been doing good with their offensive line. I know, I know, we lose the offensive line coach to Miami, but what? Well, we gained Clem. I like Clem. I like that Clem. Clem yeah, I, I saw something. I don't know if anything's uh actually happened with it, but uh, a while back uh, there was a deal going around that supposedly there was a player that signed with the school already that now wants to flip to Oregon, and supposedly that's Clem's son, who's a Kansas State signee. Ooh. I don't I don't know if anything's happened to it or if that was just so but yeah um moving on from that we just have recent yeah. news that um uh offensive tackle Logan Sagapalu I think that's how you say his name transferred to Miami it's official wow Yeah, um, let me see a little bit more about that. It's funny. You saw what happened at Miami, how the how the Mirabella said that they're taking away the turnover swag. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that. The turnover yeah. chain, yeah, I saw that. They're there to play strictly football, Kim and Crystal mm-hmm. Ball. So we'll see how that works out. We will see that. Um, oh, it looks like. Sagapalu was actually a – actually, wait. Oh, no, man. Okay, but, yeah, Sagapalu to, to Miami. Oh. You know I th- you know what I think is interesting? You know, uh, Ken Wilson, he went to Nevada to be the new head coach, and he's been uh, giving scholarships out to a lot of our walk-on guys. Yep. Cross Patton. Yeah, it's Cross one of the names that I there. can I <laughs> um, jump There was in. another guy who went there. Yeah, no, they there have had, been um, a bunch. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually know. I know who exactly you're talking about. The wide receiver, I think. No, cross cross was a running back. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, not cross. Um, this is a different guy. Uh, mm. but yeah, they they've been taking all the coaching staff and the players. So I mean, that kind of sucks. But I but I, I like the staff landings built. If you, if you look at it now, though, we have at Nevada, you have Ken Wilson as the head coach. You have Boise State, um, Andy Avalos, and UNLV, you have um, Arroyo. Thank, Arroyo. thank that's you, all UNLV, Mountain for West, taking right? Arroyo. That's all, that's all Mountain West schools, I think. Um, I think yeah. those are all in the same And same then Texas you know? Tech took DeRuder and our safeties coach. Yeah. And then College came in and uh, replaced them. Mm-hmm. But I like that higher. I like that higher too. You know, coming coming from that Dave on the coaching staff, Baylor had a very good defense the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, we we almost got Alonda as a head coach. That was that was a possibility, but I I like the landing hire. You know, Aranda very good coach too. Yeah, Aranda was I, definitely a candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he coached Oregon before that. So, I mean, I would have liked Dave Aranda, but I'm very happy with going out to get landing. I like the move by Uncle Phil. Yeah. Exactly. Um, also, to go a little bit back into the, to the basketball, Will Richardson was named um, 
Pac-12 play of the week after U- USC and UCLA. I don't know if we covered that in the last episode, but I think it was his second time back-to-back getting it. Or uh, he maybe oh, no, just one out, just second time this season, I think. Yeah. But um, oh, second time in impressive. three weeks. Wow, yeah, yeah. he scored his career high twenty-eight in the win over USC. He had ten points in the win over Oregon State and sixteen points in the overtime win against UCLA, which qualified for him to be Pac-12 Player of the Week. Pretty cool, second time in three weeks. Yeah, and also. We had Chris Duarte dropping 27 points against the Golden State Warriors. I think in that game, the Pacers, um, I don't think they had any of those starting five in that game. Duarte was the only starter playing that game. Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, and Levert were all out. Yeah. I watched that game. Duarte was taking over, catching at the top of the key, telling people, get out of the way, give me my shot, hitting threes off the dribble, going to the hoop. Curry didn't have his best game, even though Curry's slumping. Still a big win over a Golden State Warrior team that's going to be contending for a championship this year, led yeah, by Duarte. Exactly. I mean, at, at Golden State, in an overtime upset with 27 points, I mean, that's crazy. That's that's really good. Yeah. Especially with all those guys being out. You know, Rick Carlisle, the new head coach, he said he really likes the dude. A lot of people wanted him. I'm a Knicks fan. We wanted him. Pacers trade up to get him at the 13th pick. People knew he was going to be good. LeBron James even said that when they worked him out at Lakers facilities, he didn't miss a shot. So LeBron walked over to Rob Palenka. He was like, we got to get this dude. And Palenka said, we're not going to get this dude because teams would know about him, were willing to trade up, and the Pacers did that, and they got their guy. Exactly. Um, uh, what else do we have? Yeah, I think – I want to – let's get deeper into – actually, before that – uh, do you guys see that video of Justin Herbert dunking in the uh, – Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, latest duck news as well. Uh, five-star 2023 edge Jaden Wayne uh, dropped his top 11. Oh, yeah, uh, that includes Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Michigan State, Oregon, Texas, USC, and Washington. Oh, and also, I, I forgot to say the uh, women's team just got linked at uh, nineteen. Yeah. With that, um, with that UConn one. Yeah. That was uh, pretty, pretty nice too. Yeah, the women's team is obviously shrieking right now. The committee sh- seen it; they show it with us, giving us the nineteenth ranking. As long as Oregon women's basketball keeps on playing to their potential, doing what they should be doing, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about the tournament for Oregon women's basketball. We're definitely a top ten team in the nation, talent wise. Exactly. I just think um, India and um, and Papa just need to kind of um, get more, a little more chemistry, I'd say, because you know fair. they're both kind of fighting for that point guard spot. It seems like at times, and um, they're both playing heavy minutes. They're both playing yeah. 30, 30 plus minutes a game. So uh, Graves is definitely trying to get them to work together more. Exactly. And um Alec, you still there? No, I think I think it's just me and you and Jeff and me and you, Jeff, you know. But um I kinda wanna get a little more in, in depth on the on the CJ Liddell's of the draft. You know, with him and and uh Dai leaving, how like how do you think the future is looking right now for us? So next it depends honestly. We land Jordan James big deal, honestly, for the running back room, at least. I think next year, 
after seeing the Oregon staff has definitely seen all the games. I think Cardwell is going to be the guy, but it's not like he's going to be a high usage guy. Cardwell, I think, is going to be our first down running back. Maybe McGee is our third down is our third down running back, and then obviously we're going to mix in dollars. I think McGee and Dollars are going to be using the slot. They're going to be used motioning in for maybe sweeps. And if we get Jordan James, he's definitely going to be competing with Cardwell for the first down running back job right in camp. This guy, great recruit. Georgia obviously wanted him for a reason. Georgia running backs are great. Had Cook and White this year both going off for them. But, yeah, I think that Verdell going to the draft is tough. But the three backs that we have in our room right now, I really like all of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vidal, Devin Williams was unexpected for me, McKinley, uh, like all, all these guys going to the draft. Uh, I don't know what these scouts are telling them, honestly, but we're losing a lot of people and kind of a little nervous for not just the running backs, but kind of just like the whole team, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be different, you know? New coaches, new players, everything. And, yeah, I think Liddell was definitely – I like – I keep saying this, but I think Liddell single, single-handedly, on the, at least offense, on the offensive side, won us that Ohio State game. That's a fair statement. What do you have, 200 rushing yards, three touchdowns, a couple receptions on third downs. He was a – he was your all-purpose workhorse back for Dell, even though he had died to compliment him, but – I think C.J. Verdell could be a problem in the NFL. What round do you think he'll go in? Third or fourth? Uh, honestly, well, I I don't know because he was injured for most of the season, and he's been injured a lot throughout his whole college career. So I don't know if, if teams are going to want that. So I don't, yeah, that is true. I don't know. But I feel it depends on where he goes. If he goes to a place where he can get an opportunity, he might be able to get an opportunity and win a job maybe. You never know what these Oregon running backs that go into the NFL. But one thing I have, I would have to say is I feel like Mario Cristobal and the whole coaching staff turnover kind of led to guys like Devin Williams and Michael Wright going to the draft. Yes, Mikhail, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was really unexpected for me too. Because like McKinley, yeah, I mean, he swept the All-American team. He had to go to mm-hmm. the draft. It was his best opportunity. Yeah. But Michael Wright didn't live up to the hype that he was supposed to have coming to the season. I felt like he could have stayed and improved his draft stock a little. Same with Devin Williams. He didn't really get all this burn until Johnson, Red, and Pittman all were out. And I feel like exactly. if he stayed one more season, it would have been he would have been our number one go-to receiver. But he's going to the draft, and I wish him the best. Exactly. And um... – All right, I'm back. I had to fix up my Ethernet real quick. Okay, John. Yeah. Was um. What was I gonna say? So. Oh, but yeah, in in what I saw from Vudell in that Ohio State game, is I thought it was good because it really publicized how good Vudell was because it back in like the season before and the season not the season before that but um the one with Herbert and them, mm-hmm. like I saw I saw that Vudell like every single game that season and I thought that Ohio State game was great for the. The people to see. What Honestly, I, saw. I with with Verdell, I I don't know if we win that Ohio State game. I mean, exactly. But he, I think was, he was just so big. But I I thought, honestly that I could have probably done about the same. But whoa, I I mean, you saw the way Die played this whole season. I think he could have came in and 
Yeah, but he did that against Pac-12 teams. This is this That's is Ohio true. State. This is but different. did you see how bad Ohio State's defense was? This yeah, that linebacking was play bad. was so bad that game. That's, so was like their that corner. One, their corner play was not 70, very good either. Yeah, but I, their corners were hurt. That 70-yard touchdown, like that five-star linebacker, Jack, whatever, Jack Sawyer, I think his name, he, he was nowhere to be found. Riddell yeah. beats the hole. Obviously, our offensive line was great that game. Forsyth pancaked him, I'm pretty sure, that play. Yeah. Joe Moore had called a great game. I'll run up the middle on third and whatever. Verdell sees the lane. He it was a one on one matchup between him and a linebacker. He veers left a little and he was gone. A uh, bit somewhat big recruiting note news. Twenty twenty four. Tight end Joey Olson will be in Eugene this weekend. Holds offers from other schools like Penn State, Louisville, Oregon State. Yeah, we just had um, Jaden Lashada and uh, I think it's – I'm not sure if it's his brother or cousin, Loman Lashada. Do you guys know that? Uh, Rashada is a, is a 2023 quarterback. If I'm yeah, Jay, no, yeah. Jaden's the quarterback. But Yeah, Jaden's the quarterback. There's yeah, a guy named Yeah. I don't know if that's his brother or cousin, but they both were just on a visit. I really – I'm what's, pretty what, positive. What, are, what position does the other one play? I'm trying to remember. I I'm not sure, but um I think we I think we land Jaden for sure in my opinion. Yeah, I I think we have to go go in and get one of these top quarterbacks out of 2023. You know, a guy I really wanted us want us to get, but I don't think we'll get him. I think he either goes to Michigan or Michigan State. Is Dante Moore? Yeah, five star quarterback 2023. You know, that's that's the guy I want. Yeah, that would be nice. It's going to be hard to get him. We're hosting yeah. a five-star this weekend, I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, um, another, another guy I really like is Pierce Clarkson from St. John, from Bosco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good quarterback. I was watching his uh, film. Just, oh, he's so good. He's very, very but, good. Um, something that I want to talk about is um, – I'm not sure where I saw this, but someone said that um, more, it wasn't Moorhead's fault that we were playing so conservative. Supposedly, he would call like plays and Cristobal would just like shut him down. Yeah, wow. uh, they, uh, they thinking of stuff like that. Nobody wants to work with Cristobal, it sounds like it is an offensive coordinator, because of how he limits your play calling. Exactly. He's, he, I mean, he, was an, he was an offensive tackle. He believes in the run. He really wanted but, to get us on the ground. But this we're, season. you know, he he grew up playing like nineties football. He grew up playing nineties football. He he played for the U when they were the U. Yeah, early two thousands, late nine. Yeah, so he's built on running the football, but that's not the way football is anymore. You know, you gotta have a good Especially balance. West Coast. Yeah. You know, I I feel yeah. Something I was something I saw football. that was interesting is Stanford went on an zero and seven losing streak after beating us. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think Stanford was the better team in that game. There was obviously the pass interference call to Michael Wright. CJ oh, goes down. The I was at that game. The dumb targeting call on Kayvon. Yeah, you know, you know Morehead wasn't Shaw. there to call the game. I'm pretty sure BMAC was calling that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was BMAC that ended up calling that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Wait, was, was it? More. No, no, no. Wait. Was it? 
No, because BMAC was the head. BMAC was the head coach for that game, right? Oh no, 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 no. BMAC was the head coach for the Oklahoma game. The Stanford game. Yeah, he called plays. I think it was called plays that game. I'm tripping. And I don't think he was like mixing for Dell in the beginning of the game as good as he should have. Once we knew that they were coming to play, should have started grinding for Dell like we had been all season. David Shaw, he has Oregon's number. He's always had it. Great coach. But I just feel like he's always given us trouble. No matter how good we've been, he's always given us trouble. I feel like a very career-changing moment for Verdell was that fumble against Stanford way back when we had Herbert, when we were up big at half. I feel like that was a big moment for Verdell. When he fumbled, when we were just running at the clock, and he fumbled, and they threw the touchdown to J.J.R. single white side to bring it to overtime. Bryce Love was out of bounds on that touchdown run, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I have to say. That's one thing I will say though about about both Die and Bluedell is that they both they haven't shown it recently, but in the past they definitely had some fumbling issues. They had ball security issues, definitely. Die Verdell doesn't even wear I mean Dad doesn't even wear gloves. Hey, he yeah. he had a big fumbling problem. I think it was his freshman and sophomore seasons, but he's really cleaned that up the last year or two. Last two yeah, years. definitely last season. I didn't see many fumbles. I think I saw maybe one. Yeah, I think because um, to go back on the, the coaching that I was saying, uh, you know, obviously we had Moynihan last year. And, you know, the one the one game we saw without Cristobal, the Oklahoma game, second half against Oklahoma, we really started opening that passing game. And it worked. And – we just like we pass it a lot more, you know. I yeah, I never saw. I, I think that. okay. You know, I I see people they're hating on Anthony Brown the way he plays. I think that was more Chris Ball than anybody. Like exactly. shutting him. Like they didn't let a, him play the way a quarterback. A quarterback shouldn't be sitting there handing the ball off every play and throwing five yard check down. They need to be able to spread the field out more. We you're right. We should have ran so many more RPOs against and Ohio then, State. We saying? sat there and we ran Brown and like I think it was the Arizona game like he was freaking running back like mm-hmm. I would I want I don't anyone see the like, point, like if if you're like an Alabama fan I wish you watched like every single Oregon game this season but and just watched the offense and just see how boring it is because all we did this season was just running it and these run, quick run with check down passes five, five yard out route to like. Johnny Johnson or uh, swing pass to die, you know. It was terrible. You're just you're not gonna have a very successful offense when you're running back because you're leading receiver. And one it was thing so that predictable I think, too. I don't yeah, know how defenses exactly didn't catch too. up onto it. And one thing I think that we slowed down on this year, which we shouldn't have, is the screen game. Two years ago, the screen game was huge for Oregon. Three years ago, Johnny Johnson, we. The game we lost to Arizona State, we literally came back on screens to Johnny Johnson. Oregon's been about the screen, the gel, the bubble. We weren't we weren't using the screen at all well this season. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got in the crystal ball. Yeah, I really don't. I feel like there was definitely Miami was lurking all year. I really feel like they were. Honestly, the I mean. Because I remember in the beginning of the season, those those rumors, everyone was like, Mario Cristobal to Miami. And I thought nothing of it because I I never had, like, any thought in my mind that Cristobal would actually leave I mean, Miami. like, I, 
Yeah, it's I, I I wasn't surprised when he went. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, the only school yeah. I would have I wouldn't have been surprised about just because he played there. You know, I remember last year a bunch of people are freaking out. Oh, oh, Chris Chris Paul's going to Auburn. No, no, maybe this year he goes to T stays for another year. You know, and uh, that this was finally his time to go to the U. Mm-hmm. I can't I wait. Mean, I can't say I'm very surprised. You know. Graduating from there, played at the U, you know. That's... But I would say that it was a really weird um, situation. I, I th- when he like I think fans would have been less left. mad about him leaving if he was just like straight up from the get go. Like, yeah, Miami's reached out to me. Yeah, but at least I clear back to before that Utah game when the rumors first started heating up for the first Utah game. I think that's mm-hmm. when he's like, oh, wait, I I know I'm going. I'm just not telling anybody yet. Yeah, at least he didn't pull a Les Miles. Les Miles, he didn't tell his team first. Les, did you see how like he sent them a message after the news got out, and he was like, "I was planning on telling you guys first, but the news got out." I think Crystal Ball knew he was going ever since the first Utah game, but he didn't yeah. say he didn't say anything to anybody because he knew if he did, it would have got out. That's why it was like the rumors or Miami to hire Crystal Ball twenty days before it happened. And then yeah. once it started getting closer, he was gonna go. But I, but he did do the right thing. He didn't make this. He didn't make it official I, until I, he called I guess everyone like, for a meeting. Because after the after the Pac-12 title game, when we lost Utah that second time, right? He he was saying he kept saying he had no contact uh, with Miami, which I, I I don't believe. I'm kidding. no, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, that was yeah. I feel before that first Utah game, Miami had contacted him, and they had been working at the contract for so long. And then they waited till after the championship game for him to announce it and everything. Yeah. And they, did, also, they didn't officially announce it until he had a meeting with the players. That's the right thing to do. You tell your players yeah. first. Another big thing I, I believe is that during after – you know how after the Pac-12 title game, he went straight to recruiting like Cyrus Moss and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel I like that's when that. he knew he was going to or, or Miami, so he but he was in he wasn't, he wasn't recruiting necessarily in those Oregon, visits, but he was more recruiting for Miami. Yeah, he was in he Oregon close because he was technically recruiting for Oregon. You know what I mean? But but he but but everyone knew he was going to the U. The but supposedly there was like leaked stuff too that that um the Lucas was saying that he that he said he had no um intention of leaving that he planned yeah. on staying. Yeah, he lied to their faces. But I don't get it because he lied to them. But then those people he lied to then committed to Miami, like Silas Moss. So yeah, I I think I think Moss bought the crystal ball BS that we all did at one point, and or, he's I gonna mean, learn. The, he's gonna learn the hard it. way that yeah, he, crystal ball's whole scheme is a bunch of BS. These yeah, these Miami fans, man, they're so high on crystal ball. Yeah, I have no idea why. I, I, I have friends that are Miami fans, and they're super hyped. And I, I, I tried to bring them down to reality, and I was yeah. like, "Look, you know, well, they're clock high on crystal ball. Horrible. Yeah, you know, when a change needs to be made, he doesn't. He he's stuck in his ways. He limits your offense coordinator down. Yeah, I mean, at least when he left, that was kind of sad, but. Uh, like after but some then, time... then we saw Dan Landon come in and the staff he built, and that's just it's it's a fantastic staff. You know, we have guys with NFL tech, with NFL experience, Alabama experience. You know, all we, have, we have Dan Landon coming from the Alabama and Kirby Smart coaching tree. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Lopoy coming in, you know, built a solid defense 2018 at Alabama. Only scary part with him is I want to know who's going to be calling plays for defense because if I'm not mistaken, Lapoy had his play calling duty stripped of him because he was he was not a great play caller, but he could build a defense where the players fit in the piece and like play, but he couldn't call the right plays. I mean, college is a completely different game, so he had no he had his play calling duties taken while he was at Alabama. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because they wanted Bill O'Brien. No, LaPoy was defensive coordinator. Yeah. O'Brien, Bill, oh, Bill. Bill's the OC. Oh, yeah, word. Because Stark, Stark left, and then they went out and got a Bill O'Brien. He was the co-DC for the and Steelers? And also Bill o- LaPoy? Uh, he was on the Browns, and he was on the Browns. I think he was like the co-DC in the, at, with the Browns. And then he spent this last season as the D-line coach in Jacksonville. Hello. This is a, he's uh, an elite recruiter, though. I I can tell you that much. He he may be been a defensive guy, but he was key in recruiting players like Derrick Henry, Minka Fitzpatrick, Marlon Humphrey, Ruben Foster. All NFL stars. I mean, you you can't really say that about Ruben Foster. He's too busy beating his girlfriend. But yeah, we don't we don't have to get into that part. Uh, wait, but um, little off topic, but I do want to say that. Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator for Alabama, his play calling is insane. Yeah, I don't. He, I don't hear what people say about him as the head coach for Texas. I think he was a good. I don't think he was a bad head coach. I think he was. He just should have been trying to play GM and head coach. He should yeah, have just been the head coach, and they should have had a ridiculous. GM that was making the draft picks. Mm-hmm. He was trying to play both. It just wasn't working out. The it DeAndre just, Hopkins trade kind of ruined him. Once you yeah. do that, you can't trade away a superstar receiver in the NFL yeah. these days. It's, it's virtually a bag of chips, essentially. Yeah. You got a running yeah. back and what a third round draft pick out of it, fourth round. Yeah. That's like obviously one of the worst trades of all time. But what I saw from him at Alabama, play calling wise, was incredible. He built I mean, this very like just. I mean, it's Alabama. You're gonna have five stars everywhere. Like. There's there's no doubt about it. Every position. There's at least a five-star, a high four. But I he think just like built this offense around Bryce Young's skill set. And but also I James think a Williams. good amount of, of Bryce's success. Sorry to cut you off, but I think a good amount of his success comes from Bill O'Brien's play calling. Yeah. I mean O'Brien was a had a very good just fantastic season as an offensive coordinator. They need a great scheme this year. Yeah. But back to what I was saying about the Pittsburgh Steelers, I meant to talk about Adrian Clem. I think this is one of the biggest hires we've had. He was the offensive line coach for Pittsburgh. The Steelers let him come back to college to join Dan Lanning staff as the associate head coach and offensive line coach. And he's the run game coordinator at Oregon too. Well, the Steelers didn't have much of a choice because they don't have – because if uh, college wants an NFL coach, they don't have to sit there and request the interview. They can just go ahead and offer him a contract or offer him the interview. Yeah, it's not like the NFL where you have to sit there and you have to go. Uh, can, can I can I interview your OC? Yeah, but um, yeah. Also, I I don't know if I mentioned this already, but Jordan James, the running back with Georgia, just recently followed me. So, take it how you want, but I think I, you know, he's I, yeah, almost he's one of our a guaranteed top targets lock. In 2023. 
I don't want easily. He, I think he's a big guy, you know, especially with Dai and Verdell leaving. I think Jordan James probably him and Jaleel Florence are our top two targets currently. Him, Dave, and uh, Josh, what's his name? Corley? Connolly? Oh, Connolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think those are our big four guys. Uh, Florence actually commits Monday. So we'll see. And are, his finalists are Austin USC. Mm-hmm. I, he, you know, I saw something on Twitter, you know, Friday, I think it was last Friday and Friday before. You know, right as the dead period ended, you know, Powell, Coach Martin, Lanning, they were all there like at 12.01 for an in-home visit. And I think that just shows how much they want him and how much they're trying to build a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Well, he, all the he was experts... committed here uh, at one point under Coach Cristobal. Yeah. Uh, no, another big loss uh, we had today is Grace Halton. Uh, you oh know, yeah. He had a. He. Uh, I. I, th- I think it's. I think it's. Uh, he's gonna end up as a Sooner. I just. I don't see him going anywhere else. You know. Sounds like you loved his Oklahoma visit over this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I. I agree. I see him going there, but um. All, since obviously there's no interview for this um this week's episode at least as of now unless you know plans change uh, Michael Williams gotta get you on but um since we're kind of just like rambling on I remember we were talking about Josh Connolly a little fun fact I wasn't I wasn't planning on telling the public this but um we did back with uh, my old co-host obviously oh, we back had. With Eddie. Yeah, with Eddie and uh, Danny, we had we had an interview with um with Josh, and uh, it went like absolutely terrible. So that's why you don't see it on uh on any of these episodes. Oh, by the by the way, Danny, I assume you're listening to this. You're the goat. We love you, Danny. Danny and Eddie, we love you. Yep, Micah Williams, we need to get you on if you're watching this. Micah, yes. Uh, should I go? Do we do we want to keep the other two a surprise, or do we want to just be up front and say who are? Uh, no, 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 no. We're gonna no, keep, keep the other two because yeah. they're big ones. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have two. We have not. two pretty big ones lined up. Don't I never, actually, happen, I never but... planned to even say this, so we're not. We can't yeah. Do more <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> if if everything went perfect, you guys would see a Josh Connolly interview, but it went horrible. So that's why that's why you guys don't see it. But yeah, I, I mean, I in the end, the, it was. I love how because... the Josh one went horrible, and then you guys still posted the uh, the Devin Jackson one. Huh. Okay, the, the Devin Jackson one wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't horrible. But I it thought was, Devin Jackson was kind of boring, honestly. Like it was I feel like he was because giving juicy answers. I thought it was really good. The Devin Jackson one. No, you have to watch like, the Blade and Swenson one if you think those ones are juicy. Yeah. But like the, the, the fact Swenson that like one was insane. No, that was the fact that he was saying how like he hasn't spoke. No one at Oregon had even spoke to him yet. I, I know that I that, that was, was pretty crazy. surprising. I'm yeah. surprised like Swool or some of that's, the other linebackers didn't like. It's not that his answers were dry. It's just mainly because of that. Because like. He's a commit, but he had nothing to say about, you know, Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning or anyone, yeah. It's just kind of like... <laughs> he's like the only guy that stayed, and he's just like, I just, I just stayed. And he was the guy who made it publicly. He was like, I'm not leaving. I didn't commit here for a coach. He, Yeah, he's like, he, uh, yeah, he was like, I didn't I didn't commit because of a coach. I committed to the school, not the coach. I would have thought Lanning was in his ear. 
But I also like that answer where the, one of the kids asked him about what, what his thoughts on playing on, behind Flo and Sewell are going to be. And I liked how he was like, I'm my own guy. I'm yeah. my own type of player. I, I liked his answers. Yeah, I saw I saw that same thing in uh, when we did the Anthony Jones interview because that one was um, that one was pretty solid. Yeah, no, I like that one. But um, Anthony Jones goes to the same high school as Sue Mills, who we might possibly get on the interview. But um, we, that's that's one. We have multiple uh big ones. We we're trying to make happen. Don't yeah. know when they'll happen, but they're they're hopefully gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll definitely have an interview for the next episode. Just yeah. not just not this one. Hundred percent. Thing things happen with Micah, but we we're gonna get him on still. But yeah. um, yeah. Anthony Jones was like uh same thing. I, I asked him about like some else and that, but he was he was like, yeah, the good teammates and it's gonna be cool playing with him. But at the end of the day, he's his own person, and he didn't come to he didn't commit just because of him. You know, he obviously has a future for himself and you know stuff like that so i found that pretty cool yeah but um you got any questions people asked you questions there was, you surprisingly i think i only got on got, got one question and i posted it twice too i posted it twice on my story but only um out of let's see Do you have- out of at least 700 people we only got one question I did two stories too. Yeah, so what was what was the question? Let's just. It was like, uh, what was your favorite in-game experience that you went to? Uh, um, you want to go first? Twenty. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, fav- favorite one I went to was the twenty fourteen game against FSU. You wow. went to that game? Yes. Wow. How old were you? Like eight. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite in-game memory was definitely 2015 when i went to oregon washington state and i saw cooper couple not washington state eastern, eastern washington, washington. Ver- it was vernon adams debut who i thought was criminally underrated at oregon vernon yeah, adams but very solid player here especially by the end of the season i thought we were a top five team in the nation by the end of the season but anyway i, I think we i i think we don't blow that usc the tcu game in the alamo bowl if Adams doesn't. Yeah, Locke was miserable his whole career at Oregon, but um, yeah. So I saw Cooper Cup light us up, and me and my dad were like, "Wow, this guy, this this receiver is going to be great." And now he just won the triple crown in the NFL, which I think is pretty crazy. Just like to point out that uh, we have Cooper Cup's former wide receiver coach on our staff, Junior Adams. Yep, which is huge. You're like screaming too much. (laughs) No, it's just how close my boom arm can move at times. It just it's really close. It's it's annoying, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, uh, you want to go? You want to go, Jay? I already did the Cooper. Cup. Oh, okay. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Um. I'm kind of no. Well, because I'm I'm California, so I obviously go most of the Stanford stuff. And um, as you guys know, the Stanford lost. Did you go to that game? Guess, yeah, I was at that game. Oh, I feel oh. bad for you. That, that was miserable. RIP um, All my, all my friends that, that at the game were Stanford fans, and I had. Uh, uh, I, I have something to I have something to admit. I I I chip. I I may or may not have been upset after that Auburn game. What do you mean? You- that mean? that Auburn game, uh, the the one I get Bo Nix 
Hornets, yeah. Going at it, yeah. yeah. Uh, always you a very painful game next? to sit through. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that was. But um, I was also at the uh, men's basketball game, the Stanford Oregon game, when uh, Stanford hit that buzzer beater. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. When was that? That was, what, that was this season. No, this season. This season? When Stanford hit the buzzer beater. Oh, oh wow, yeah. Okay, okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that was pretty. That was uh, two painful games. Um, uh, most painful football games you've sat through recently. Uh, like in person or, uh, or TV? Any, any time. Um, well, because I just said two negative things. I want to say I was also at the Civil War game. And that was pretty cool seeing. Oh, this, this season. Anthony, that was, yeah, I was at this season. Oh, and that, I think I saw. Uh, I think you had something on your story about it. Yeah. Or, or, no, it or was, was that. Or was that duck swag? I don't remember. I know there was one duck page. I saw something about it. I don't know, but um, I know that was that was really cool because as you guys know, I'm I was a big Anthony Brown supporter. So all the hate and all that. Yeah. So um, that was like his best game of the season. So that was pretty cool. Seen that is not. Nah, I'd say the Ohio State game, but that was still a very good game by him. Yeah, the um, Ohio State game, he kind of played perfect football. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have a question for you guys. Um, why did you guys become Oregon fans, and who is your favorite Oregon football player of all time? Uh, well, so how I became an Oregon fan is well, I'm from Oregon. <laughs> then I moved. Um, favorite okay. favorite player, I'm. This is gonna sound probably like the, probably one of the most basic possible answers. There's two guys, D'Anthony and Mariota. Yeah. I I actually uh, I have I have like a custom made Mariota jersey that has like the Pac-12 patch on it, his name on the back, and everything. It's, That's sick. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, what about you, Vlog? Alright. Uh. Well, before before I answer that, I actually also want to say at that Civil War game, I want to say shout out to my brother for getting me into the student section. He got oh, me and my friend. He got you into the students. Yeah, section. he got us in the student section. That was actually pretty sick. Oh, that's God. awesome. Um, even though those kids like pass around vapes throughout the whole like student <laughs> section. And... Are you surprised? It's a student section. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't that surprised. But um, other than that, really good experience. Really fun. Yeah. But um. Why I became a fan, I've answered this, I think, multiple times. But um, I think as a, as a kid, I just my, my dream's always been to work for Nike. And obviously, Phil Knight, you know, that's where he, that's where he went. Yeah. And that's so always kind of been, been my dream school. And a couple of years ago, actually, when my brother was a senior in high school, applying to schools, he originally wanted to go to, like, Duke and, like, I don't know, all these, like, you know, the big schools. But, um. Turns out his GPA wasn't as good as he thought and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Oregon ended up being one of his safety schools. And that's what he got into. And he ended up committing there without even without even seeing the campus. And um, we ended up visiting. And I just, like, I was like, this school is so nice. Mm-hmm. Watched a couple the games. And, beautiful. like, you know, maybe I like the university more than I do for, um, for Nike, you know? <laughs> I and feel then, that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, favorite Oregon player, favorite player, man, all time. As as you guys probably know, I've only been a fan for like two, three years, like since oh, since nice Justin man. Herbert was. 
was a seaman, so like, uh, I haven't been a fan for that long, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it. Um, I respect it. Look what you've done in two years. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a bandwagon, though. I will say that. I'm not a bandwagon. Uh, you, you are most one of the most active Oregon pages on social media, and social media Oregon is probably the. Uh, I would say it's the third most active Pretty social active. media school. Yeah, mm-hmm. very. Yeah, but for me, favorite. um, oh, favorite. Yeah, I want to hear your yeah. favorite player. Um, I'm gonna have to go. I gotta go, Johnny Johnson. But basketball, Pam Pritchard. But football, yeah. I gotta go, Johnny Johnson. His, his that senior season with uh, Justin Hubley's senior 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 season, John Johnson went off that season. That Arizona State game, he we lost. Oh. He went crazy. Okay, can we can we go back to something V loan for you? Uh, can we go can we go into the V loan takes section of your story? <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so this is the V loan's takes after the first game. The season, just recapping the season. Uh, Anthony Brown is still QB one and winning Heisman. Huh. I mean, I uh, jacking... you're, you're not wrong, but part of that, the Heisman, very much a stretch. Yeah, and I, mean, I was jacking it after the Ohio State game. I was saying Anthony Brown for Heisman. Uh, you said the D line is horrible. Other than Kayvon, complete. No, I'm sorry. No, okay. Orless, well, okay. Okay. Yeah, but they popped off like yeah. game uh, game one. They, they really popped yeah, off. Yeah, they didn't get that good until later on. Swenson's best game was Ohio State easily. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, true. True. Uh, the, but that was because this one, this was one I like. Uh, Devin Williams should be playing in front of Micah and Troy without a doubt. Yeah, because there was the there was a depth chart when he wasn't. I don't think he was like starting or something. He was. He was the he was the number two. Pittman was ahead of him, if I believe. If I'm correct. He he was the that backup was... X all year. Yeah. And then, and then once he started going off, even before all our receivers left, they they finally listed him and um him and Johnson as our two X's. Uh, th- this this one uh was a very very correct take. Uh, we're still beating Ohio State next week. It'll be a shootout. Both teams are going to play much better. That's very true. True. Um, yeah, I'll still hate on my takes. But... I think more uh, crystal ball sucked at uh, limiting play calling. Yeah, uh, you I, said Burdell is RB one, and we should never let die see the field unless Burdell needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <after laughs> uh, die said, "Hold my beer, V loan." Um. Okay, we'll jump to the next week. Uh, this is from the Ohio State game. Uh, hold up. But I don't, I don't know if that's. I guess that's just my opinion. But um, I think a healthy Fidel is much better than Die. And that's not saying I'm not saying Die's bad. I'm just saying that's how good Fidel is. Like I think Fidel could be like really good in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, a healthy Fidel could have been the best running back in the country this year. Yeah, I, I think that's not. I'm not saying anything bad towards Die. I'm just saying I, I just think Fidel's that good. Thinking he's that good. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. What I saw in the Ohio State game was like an average Liddell in the season with Herbert. Like, he just, he's really good, in my opinion. He was really good. I was also really high on Duarte going into the draft. Thought he was going to be really good. Yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. I wanted Duarte from the start. No one believed me, but I was trying to say he's, he might be the best perimeter defender in this draft, gets steals, active hands, can shoot the lights out, and he can dunk on people. 
this guy's the full package. I I will say I thought Peyton was probably going to be a little bit better. It turns out, I guess, uh, would you guys say Duarte is the, the better one right now in the NBA? Probably, right? right now in the NBA, yeah, I would say Chris Duarte is better. But don't take away anything from Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard can be a backup point guard on the NBA championship team. Yeah, I agree. He played great in the summer league, had that game-winning tip-in last year. Has scored over 20 points in regular season NBA games enough times to prove that he belongs in the league. I feel like he's going to be in the league for a long time, even though they both came in at a pretty old age. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's the main thing why people hated Duarte so much in the draft. But Yeah. Um, I mean, you went two for four in your playoff picks. You hit Alabama and Georgia, right? You were wrong about us in Ohio State. I thought I really thought Ohio State was gonna make yeah. it. Everyone kept saying they weren't gonna make it. I was like I was really strict. I was like you, Ohio State were, will make the playoff. Yeah. Even after we beat them? Yes, even after yeah. the offense was just insane. Yeah, that's CJ Stroud. In the country. Yeah, CJ Stroud, that guy is I think he's better than Bryce Young. Not it's close. it's close. It's close. But I think he's better. It's like the thing about it is Jamison Williams was the number three receiver on Ohio State. Before that's Stroud just has more weapons simply. Yeah, but I give Stroud Bill O'Brien. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Because I I really do think Bill O'Brien's an insane offensive coordinator. Who yeah, calls he, the place for Ohio State Day? I uh, I don't know, Alec. No, I don't think Ryan Dick. Actually, I have a, I have a, a question now. What's you guys's um, like best take, like a take you've had that like that became true or something like that, a prediction, something like that. All right, let me think. Our best hot take. Yeah, best hot take. Any sport? Yeah, anything. You want to go first, Alec? Oh, I'm trying. Uh, hang on. I'm going. I'm going back and looking through some text messages to see where this one take was. Well, a hot take I just made was I made it before the NFL playoffs started. I said Bengals versus Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals win. But Bengals now, versus Chiefs. Okay, wait, no, but what about like Oregon related? Oregon wise, yeah, Oregon related. The best take I've probably made is before two seasons ago. I was telling all my friends that Peyton Pritchard was the best player in the country. I, I okay yeah. okay here here's mine I, I said Herb was gonna be either the best quarterback or the second best quarterback out of his draft Ooh. class. Oh no! Okay, Ooh. that's actually a hot. That's actually a hot take. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my my most interesting one. Yeah, I made very recently. I, I said Bo Nix for Heisman. I I'm probably gonna agree get clowned on for this at the end no, of the no, season. No, but... no, no, no. Like <laughs> I honestly agree with that. It's very possible. He's with his old offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, they, hey, they beat Bama together. That's all I need to know. Yes, the potential <laughs> is sky high. And against Pac-12 teams, the the potential sky high. That's all I have to say. For real. Yep. Because uh, actually, I'll go for my take. I would say calling the Ohio State upset, but I'm not gonna lie. The day of the Ohio State game, when I woke up and saw that Kayvon wasn't playing, only was it the night before. I think it was. It was the morning of. Kayvon and Flo were listed out. Yeah. yeah. They were when both I, listed as questionable like the day before, and then that morning they were ruled out. When I found out that, I 
wasn't that confident in, in the take anymore. So I'm not going to give myself full credit for it, even though I guess I, I guess I could take full credit, but I'm not going to give myself full credit for that. But um, Another bold take I made uh, uh, once I saw the schedule for this year uh, is, is us beating Georgia. Again, prob- probably going to be wrong, but, um, you know, no, a lot of people didn't think we were going to beat Ohio State, and we took care of business in Ohio State, in Ohio. So I think we could do the same thing in Atlanta. Yeah. Did you guys wants pre- to win Heisman. Did you guys predict uh, at least, like, um, see the, the men's team pulling out those two upsets against USC and UCLA? I didn't. Well, I I just I really I, I didn't either. I bet on Oregon against UCLA. Like I oh, knew we wow. had a shot. Like it's. I mean, it's Oregon. It's a Pac-12 college basketball game. Anybody has a shot. I really yeah, honestly thought we had a shot. And then after we beat UCLA, I was pretty confident that we were going to beat USC. Well, I don't. But like in the tournament last year, we got smoked by USC. So I didn't. I wasn't that confident in the USC game, but the UCLA got, game, I will say yes. We got smoked by USC twice last year, but then again, yeah. Taj Edey was there, the guy who was playing like Steph Curry against us, Evan Mobley was there. And one thing I will say is guys like Ethan Anderson and Isaiah White were playing great against us last year. This year, they're yes. barely in the rotation. Isaiah White exactly. went four for four from three against us in the, in the Sweet 16 last year. And he's coming off the bench getting five minutes a game this year. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because I remember USC played a great game against us. And I'm like, okay, if they play like that against us, against Gonzaga, they're going to blow out Gonzaga because they played <coughs> amazing. But I knew they weren't. I knew they weren't going to play good against Gonzaga. And the next thing you know, they completely choke and then get blasted by Gonzaga. They blew us out twice last year. They blew us out at the end of the regular season when we went to – their gym too, and that's the thing that sucks about Pac-12. I mean, those upsets that happen all the time in conference play, but then you see them play a team that's like just do skill level and in a different conference, and they get blown out. It's like, come yeah, on. Yeah, that's that's what I think it's gonna Lincoln Riley's gonna realize. Like everyone's saying USC is gonna run the table. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to tell people like the Pac-12 is a conference of cannibalism. I highly doubt that anybody exactly. runs the table next year. Exactly. Oh, uh, but real, the real, class is just too crazy. Real quick, this as far class. as our uh, our uh, coaches go, some new contract deals just got released for assistant coaches: Adrian Clem, Junior Adams, Joe Lorig, Drew Mahinger, uh, Lachlan, and Wilson Love. Contracts have just been released. Uh, Clem will start at 800k this year and 850 next year. Uh. Laura will start at six fifty this year and six seventy five next next year and twenty twenty four through twenty five it'll be seven hundred. Wow. And then Adams this year starts at five seventy five and uh Love starts at four fifty. Mehinger starts at two ten and Lachlan starts at one seventy five. Yeah, and um also to go with that. I forgot to say this, but we got um a new director of speed and performance named Jarwalski Beckham. Uh, um, I guess the reason uh, I guess Adam's contract tech would 
it was supposed to be worth more, but since we had to buy him out of Washington, we had to pay him Washington 500k to buy him out. So mm-hmm. his contract's worth a little less, I guess, or something. They didn't mess with back, back to what Velon was saying. I really like the Beckham hire. He was the he spent the last two seasons at Ole Miss and was the assistant of strength and conditioning. He's reuniting with his head coach and his conditioning coach Wilson Love and Eugene. I like I like the hire, Jarwaski Beckham. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh. You guys got anything else to say? No, I'm going to need to call it quits soon with the time it is currently. Start yeah. classes tomorrow and stuff. Yeah, it's, I think it's twelve AM out here for me on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jack's a goat for staying up with us. I'm yeah, shout out to Jack. It's like <laughs> yeah, twelve o'clock over there for him and he's powering through this. I love it. Absolute Thank stud you. himself. <laughs> Jack's the goat. But yeah. Yep. Okay. I think uh I think that does it for this episode. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of went off topic a lot, but um, we went off I mean, topic a lot. But there we wasn't as a much very stuff solid to talk episode. About, it jumps around a lot, but mm-hmm. once we get later solid. in the season for basketball, like we can talk about those games for an hour, honestly. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. But I think it's also good at the same time that we switch off and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel like off season it's a little more interesting to come up with stuff. So honestly, I think it's bringing in a little bit of that NFL type of stuff. Yeah, I think it's. I think I think we needed it because if not, it's probably gonna be like thirty minutes or something. You know, you guys gotta ask us more questions when V loans posting. Yes, we're ready uh, to answer. Oh, oh, I will Facts. come back. I will revive the Ducks vibes page, and we'll <laughs> we'll we'll come back out on there. <laughs> all right. Okay. I think that about does it for this episode. Um, appreciate all you guys watching. Finally, finally in. switching to number thirteen again. Oh, yes, sir. Prize rank 13 again. Uh, yeah, you guys didn't get anything else? Uh, no, I'm. Uh, yeah, we went over everything I can think of, all the big stuff at least. It's a new era of duck football, and I'm excited for it. Yes. Damn. All right. Love you, boys, and yep. peace. All right. Peace, peace out. Oh.